this is Paige and welcome back to the So Rude Podcast. Hope you're having a great day so far and thanks so much for listening to another episode. Today, I'm going to talk about something that happened to me when I was younger and that is growing up with an injury. When I was five years old, I was in a car accident. Unfortunately, this happens to many people every day, every year. People forget that automobiles are some of the most dangerous things you're going to come into contact with every single day. If you're someone that takes riding in a car, driving a car very lightly, then maybe this story will wake you up a little bit and remind you that it's a very serious thing that you're doing and to always be aware of your surroundings. When I was five years old, I was in a car with my mom and I have two siblings. Someone cut my mom off. We got into sort of a head-on collision and being five years old and sitting in the front seat with no seatbelt when the airbag deployed, I sustained what's called a brachial plexus injury. Now, a brachial plexus is a network of nerves that sends signals from your spinal cord to your shoulder, arm, and hand. A brachial plexus injury occurs when those nerves are either stretched, compressed, or in the most serious of cases, ripped apart or torn away from the spinal cord. I like to think of the brachial plexus nerve as an extension cord. So if you've ever wanted to plug your charger into the wall, but you're sitting too far away, you can use an extension cord. And so the extension cord will plug into the wall and provide power. When you plug your cell phone charger into that extended power, it works as if it's coming directly from the source. The brachial plexus is receiving the electrical current from the spinal cord, and then it's sending that electrical current to all the other nerves and workings of the arm and ultimately the hand. When you sever the brachial plexus, which is what happened in my case, now there's no energy being passed from one point to the next. And so it doesn't function. It doesn't work. After this accident, my parents noticed my arm would just hang by my side and I wouldn't use it. If you've been in any type of health class or or researched this topic at all, you'll know that nerves do not regenerate in the same way that other muscles, tissue, and ligaments do. And this is why it's so unfortunate when you hear about spinal cord injuries because there's so much uncertainty about whether or not something will regenerate and grow and heal because it's just different than a bone and a muscle and a ligament. And so what happened in my case is my mom, after this accident, would go to these doctors. We went into Philadelphia. We went into all these great hospitals and so many doctors would just tell my mom, you know what? Brachial plexus injuries happen and it is what it is. I'm paraphrasing here, but that's kind of what she was told. The reason they're saying that is because brachial plexus injuries, I wouldn't say are common, but they're not so uncommon if you follow what I'm saying here. You can get a brachial plexus injury a couple different ways. One of the most common ways is in childbirth. What happens is the child's shoulder will get stuck in the birth canal and the doctor's trying to guide the head and the neck just overextends and it leads to nerve injury. Another really common way to get a brachial plexus injury is due to trauma. So that's things like sports trauma or car accidents. And in my case, at five years old, mine was from a car accident. My mom is traveling all over trying to meet with these doctors and she's being told, 
well, this is all that we can do. Or if it's not healing, it's not healing. And I just really have to give my mom credit on this one because you have to picture this. So I was born in 1993. At five years old, it's 1998. The internet was nowhere near what it is today. If you have a question today, you can just go on Google, type it in and learn a lot about that subject. Some of it may be misinformation, but if you have the time and the energy to read scientific research articles, you could really educate yourself on a lot of different topics. The difference between now and 1998 is that the internet was nowhere near what it is today. And so my mom would take time to try and research this health problem and figure out what she could do to help me. Because, you know, unfortunately, when you're a child, a lot of the responsibility falls on your parents to have to address any type of issues that the child is dealing with. And in my case, it was a really serious issue. Another thing about health, and maybe this is where I carry a little bit of this into my current day-to-day life, but a lot of the times it's time sensitive. You need to make very timely decisions as far as what are you going to do to address the problem. My mom found that there were three doctors in the U.S. at the time, I don't know if it's since changed, that addressed this type of issue seriously. I think one was in New York City, one was in Texas, and one was at John Hopkins in Maryland. I lived in Delaware, still do. And so we went down to John Hopkins and met with a neurosurgeon down there. And I'm really, really lucky that he pretty much said to my parents, we can try a nerve transplant and there's a 50-50 chance it's going to work. My parents, after finding this person and and really consulting with them, made the decision, you know what, it's not going to get worse. It already doesn't work. So why not try? I'm so thankful my parents made the decision that they did because I was then able to grow up a normal person, a very, very normal child with a very, very normal childhood. Yes, there was a couple of years where there was a lot of recovery. The nerve is going to regrow in whatever capacity it can, and it's about an inch a month. And so if you think about it, the injury is coming from your neck and it has to travel all the way down your arm. So the recovery process for that was extremely long. In that time post-surgery, you're doing physical therapy multiple times a week. I remember swimming was a very big one. I had a swim and pickup sticks. (laughs) If you remember that game where it's almost like a, a handful of plastic sticks and they're different colors. And the game is that you have to try to remove sticks from the pile without moving any other sticks. So when it's just a single stick sitting on the ground, it's relatively easy to pick it up. Well, a normal person with a normal hand. For me, it was the stability of trying to hold your arm steady enough to remove the stick. And the challenge came as you start to remove the easier sticks, it gets harder and harder and harder. So those are two particular exercises I remember very vividly engaging with during physical activity for that however long it was, I don't even know. But one thing I have to do is give my parents a lot of credit because one, they were willing to trust and give a process a try without knowing an answer. And two, they didn't give up. I think about that every day, how different my life could have been if they didn't advocate for me. And this kind of leads into one of my first tips. I really want this episode to share, which is always advocate for your own health. If my mom 
just took the word of these doctors. And I'm not saying doctors are are bad people. That's not where I'm coming from. Doctors are only able to share medical advice for what they're experienced in. So these doctors, while they're at great university hospitals in Philadelphia and wherever else we consulted, they just didn't have the expertise or the knowledge to make a judgment call like that. You need to exhaust all of your resources. You need to make sure you have talked to every person about your medical issue. And if the ultimate end answer is that unfortunately there's nothing that can be done, you can at least be reassured that you did everything in your power to get the right answer by the right person. And so I really just need to applaud my parents for putting in the time and the energy and the effort to find a physician and to find a surgeon that really knew what they were talking about and willing to take a chance. Now, it's not to say that it was easy. Don't think that from this story. It was really hard going to physical therapy multiple times a week. That's a lot of time. We used to live in a town that wasn't close to this hospital. So we were driving really far distance multiple times a week, not even including the time for the actual physical therapy itself. It's expensive going to physical therapy multiple times a week. And then there was just a lot of waiting and a lot of hoping that things will turn out okay. The recovery process was certainly tough. And I just really remember growing up that my parents never treated me differently. And I think that's what's really ingrained in me and why I don't think of myself. I'm not disabled because I'm not. I, I, I'm a normal human and everyone has their you know what I mean? Like everyone has that they deal with. Mine just happened to be really young and really early and If anything, it's a war story, right? (laughs) But my parents never treated me any differently. They never told me no. When I said I wanted to try the clarinet, they were like, okay. And when I said I wanted to try a sport, they said, okay. Never once were they like, what about your arm? That was never a topic. Every now and then, very rarely, it might come up. But more frequently than not, it was just not even part of the conversation. And the other thing is my parents told me every day, use your arm. So if they did talk about it, it was because they would see me try to tie my shoes and not use my left arm or try and reach for something with my right arm when it would have been easier to reach for it with my left. And so every day they were like, use your arm, use your arm. And sometimes it was actually kind of like mean, (laughs) like they were kind of mean about it. But now that I'm older, I see why they did that. Because if you don't use your arm, if you don't use what you just worked really hard for, then that's just such a waste. If you had surgery and and the physical therapy regimen, you need to follow it because all you're doing is hurting yourself. Another thing I learned going through all of this is that kids are so cruel. It's unfortunate the accident happened at all, but it happened when I was little and kids are just so mean. I was injured from an automobile accident. That was not my fault. The accident resulted in some really big red scars that were visible. And if you combine that with red skin in general and curly, frizzy hair and, you know, yeah, I was slightly different and kids just felt a need to pick on someone that's different than them. Growing up, you start to think that maybe you're less than or what's wrong with you. In reality, I want to share this message so much. It's not what's wrong with you. It's what's wrong with them. They're stupid kids. And they don't recognize that words are hurtful. I've gone through the process in my life to reconcile with those feelings and really start to see the bigger picture here, which is I can be a voice for other people going through something similar. 
feeling like you're different or feeling like an outcast or feeling like people don't accept you is so disgustingly lonely. The nice thing about where we are in this day and age is that we have the internet. You can really find other groups of people going through the same or something very similar to you. So you got to find your tribe. You know what I mean? Find those people. And it may not be the people in your town and that's okay. But just know that there's nothing wrong with you because someone feels the need to pick on you. There's something wrong with them. And while there are times that I say to myself, well, why did I have to grow up with an injury? Or if I didn't have to go through this, life would be so much easier. But I do truly think that what I went through made me who I am as a person. A little bit sensitive, but it gave me a story to tell and a message to share. And that's the most important part. And again, I just want to reiterate, never forget how dangerous cars are. I see people treat cars like they're toys driving drunk or under the influence or texting and driving or speeding or tailgating the person in front of you. That's just dumb. You're just really risking your own life and putting the lives of all the cars around you in danger. Stop doing that. Honestly, it just makes you look bad and you need to stay vigilant. Give the car in front of you room. It should be three cars lengths between you and the car in front of you when traveling at high speeds. Honestly, anytime. Is there ever a need to tailgate someone? No, unless you're giving birth, and in that case, I hope you're not the one driving, but the person driving still needs to be relatively safe. The last thing you want to do is crash your car on your way to give childbirth. And honestly, just a FYI for those, handicap placards should not be hanging when you're driving. It obstructs your view. Take that down. And do not, I repeat myself, do not get behind the wheel when under any sort of influence whether it's from drugs, whether it's from alcohol, whether it's from lack of sleep, that is just beyond dangerous. It is not that expensive to call an Uber because trust me, the medical bills you're going to have to pay for that stupid mistake if it catches up with you is going to be way more. Growing up with an injury, I didn't really have too, too much to say. I kind of just wanted to introduce people to this concept of nerve injuries, but my biggest take-home message is you have to be your own biggest advocate. Doctors are only as good as the problems they're familiar with. You may be approaching someone that is just not familiar with what you're going through. And if you just take their word for it, you're going to risk the opportunity of maybe finding a better answer from somebody else and actually being able to solve your problem. So always, always, always advocate for your health. Always get a second opinion. Get a third opinion. Get a fourth opinion. What's the cost? A copay? Just get multiple opinions on the subject because the last thing you want to do is is really risk yourself. So thank you so much for listening. I know today's episode was a little bit more somber of an episode. It's something that's changed my life drastically and something I'm really passionate about, even though I don't talk about it a lot. So... Thank you so much for listening and and hearing a little bit more about my story. If you're someone that's growing up with an injury, I'd love to hear your story. What is it that you're experiencing? What have you had to overcome? Please make sure you reach out. I'm going to link all the socials down below so you can find them. But thank you so much for listening. Share your story with me and I hope you have a great day. Let's chat next time. All right. Bye.